The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked the spirit, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of the man. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching? With authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. You can be seated. Today we hear the story of Jesus encountering an unclean spirit while teaching in the synagogue. The first observation that I have is this dramatic episode takes place while Jesus is teaching. That's because teaching, learning, and acquiring knowledge does something to people spiritually. It sets them free. There's a reason why the phrase, knowledge is power, is often repeated. There's a reason why education is a high priority in our world. Why we make school mandatory for kids. Because knowledge changes what is possible in life. So, it begins to make sense that it was while Jesus was teaching, imparting knowledge, and changing what was possible in life for people, that an unclean spirit decides to interrupt and redirect the teaching that was taking place. Every time we hear about an unclean spirit in the Gospels, there is an unspoken question in the back of everyone's mind. Do we still believe this stuff? Hasn't the modern scientific world advanced enough that we can diagnose and we can rationally explain stuff like this? There is a famous televangelist that travels everywhere on his own private jet, paid for by the tithes and the offerings that are given to his ministry. The televangelist has a reason why it is completely necessary for him to own a private jet. Because flying commercial would mean he is trapped up in the air in a tube full of demons. Those are his exact words. Maybe you've seen the video clip. Now, I don't put much stock in anything any televangelist says. However, I do want to point out the implication of what he did say. If you fly on a commercial airline, you're potentially demonic. Which, if you read between those lines, also says that the level of your wealth determines whether you're good or evil. Poor people are demonic. Wealthy people are obviously blessed by God. 
We should be cautious when claiming the devil is responsible for anything, this or that. There's a danger in blaming things on the devil. It becomes very, very easy to say that your enemies, heck, even those that you disagree with, are evil, which just leads to more war, more genocide, and attempts to rid the world of people we perceive to be evil. That is not what Jesus had in mind. Jesus, in fact, said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And it's hard to love and pray for people if you're more interested in demonizing them. If we really want to find the evil that exists in the world, the presence of sin, death, and the devil, we need not look any further than the end of our own noses. Our own corrupted nature is the source of evil in the world. We are each one of us capable of evil, while also simultaneously being capable of the most generous, noble, charitable actions. We are saints and we are sinners, and which side we land on depends on every choice that we make every day of our lives, which means you're a mixed bag. You're both a sinner and a saint. Because sometimes the choice is easy, and we pick the good. But sometimes the choice is difficult, and we choose the evil. But Jesus came so that you might have freedom. Jesus announces liberation to everyone in captivity. Jesus rebuked the spirit and sent it out of the man restoring freedom from evil. And that is exactly what Jesus is still doing and offering to you today. All of us suffer under the bondage of spirits that diminish and distort and wound us. In Jesus, you are free and liberated from the evil that binds you. Which is why your baptism is so crucial. It's why the font stands at the door. It's a reminder that through your baptism, you are in the struggle of good and evil. And while there are many metaphors and images for what baptism means, the most faithful metaphor is death and resurrection. You are buried with Jesus in your baptism. Your old life is dead, but you have also been raised with Jesus in your baptism, alive, resurrected to new possibilities and better choices. But the work of your baptism is never finished. You are perpetually always dying and rising every day. Every day you are dying to the self-serving choices that lift your needs over the needs of your neighbor. Every day you are rising to the sacrificial choice, a daily choice to love and serve those in need. That is what baptism is. It's not your ticket to heaven. It's not your membership in a religious country club. 
Baptism is your death and resurrection daily, which is why the baptismal liturgy contains an exorcism. Sometimes the words that we say in our liturgy seem pretty normal, but every time we have a baptism or an affirmation of baptism, we say these words. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? And you say, I renounce them. Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? And you say, I renounce them. Do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from God, and you say, I renounce them. The renunciation of evil is an exorcism. Exorcisms aren't priests with holy water and little girls whose heads spin. Your baptism was an exorcism. Every baptism is an exorcism, and because the baptized life is lived one day at a time, every day is an exorcism. The good news is this. God loves us. Even when we make the self-serving choice, God loves us. God uses the worst parts of our life the mistakes, the failures, and redeems them for something good. Jesus is here to liberate you from the things that possess you. Jesus is here to redeem you from the evil that distorts your life. And Jesus is here to teach you the ways of God's love, love of neighbor, love of enemy, love of everyone. And I have a feeling that is what Jesus was teaching in the synagogue that day when the unclean spirit spoke up. Amen.